Hello and welcome to what is the second episode of what I hope is called the Talking Cock podcast. Uh, been having some issues though uh, with iTunes at least, which you may or may not be listening to this uh, podcast on. Uh, I recorded the first episode, which is hopefully out somewhere uh, about three weeks ago. Uh, was waiting for it to go up on iTunes before I did the second one, but uh, it hasn't yet gone up on iTunes. This may be a mistake at their end or our end in putting it up, but having talked to them uh, by email today, they did say that there would be a problem with calling the show the podcast Talking Cock, and uh, also having the image of um, me as an action man with my trousers down, displaying no penis, uh, which I, I'm sort of surprised that having done this show has been a... Uh, the name of the show, Talking Cock, has been a rod for my own back. Perhaps I should have called the show that, a rod for my own back, which would have had a, a penile kind of context, though it would have been a bit odd to have a, a rod on your back. It would certainly stop the auto-fellatio issue uh, that I discuss in the show. Um, nobody could, I don't think, is, is limber enough to suck a cock from their own back that's on their own back. They might be able to bum themselves with it. Um, but uh, we don't know about that. But yes, I, I, I kind of by showing the call, the, calling the show Talking Cock, um, it does mean often, and I noticed this 10 years ago when I first did the show, uh, but it seems to be happening more, if not uh, more seriously now. Um, of course, it means when you go on the radio or TV, uh, often they don't want you to say the word cock. Uh, which is kind of an interesting point in itself, which is, I think, what I'm going to make this episode about. I said it was going to be about childhood memories for the penis, but I haven't had any chance to get anything back from you uh, because no one's heard the first one yet. And also, I think maybe we'll just uh, spend the second one talking about that. And next week's show will be about childhood memories of the penis, if you want to send any of those in. But uh, I remember the first time I did Talking Cock, um, I was uh, I was on, that, um, on Rise, the uh, follow-up to The Big Breakfast on... Channel 4, uh, which was a terrible show, and I was kind of slightly reluctant to go on there because I, I hated it. I'd quite liked the Big big Breakfast bit on that a couple of times, and then uh, I'd found everyone on, on Rise to be very smug and weird, and I had to go on. And when I went on, they said, you're not allowed to say the name of your show, which was obviously what I was there to promote. So, you know, I kept on saying things like, cock-a-doodle-doo, welcome to Rise. And I was discussing that, you know, I was talking about the papers. I think you can see a very grainy copy of this on YouTube somewhere. And I was there for a couple of hours, and, and eventually... Um, one of the, the producer or the floor manager, I think she may have been, who I knew because she'd worked on this morning, which not Judy came up to me and said, really, if you say, if you say the word cock again in any context, I will be fired. So please don't do it again. <laughs> so people were kind of quite serious about it, I suppose, and censoring, though in that year, um, in the Fringe programme, it was, I was allowed to use the word talking cock and it wasn't censored. And obviously the posters went up all over town and weren't censored. Uh, whereas this year, the Fringe programme censored the word cock, um, which... Is, again, I think it's sort of interesting in itself. I'll, I'll, I'll address that first. I'll address the um, the fringe doing that. I wrote an article about this for the uh, Metro. If you enjoy uh, these podcasts of mine, you can read me weekly in the Metro. I now on Fridays I have a column. Uh, this is my one from back in May when I heard about this news that the Fringe program uh, was censoring the the title of my show. So uh, the Edinburgh Fringe is two and a half months away and already I'm in trouble. The name of my show has been censored in the official Fringe programme because apparently it's too rude. Wow, you're probably expecting something pretty racy, aren't you? I think you might be disappointed. I'm doing a male repost of the vagina monologues. I saw a gap in the market. I couldn't resist the male urge to fill it. It's called Talking Cock. 
harmless enough. You'd think it only means talking rubbish, as in talking cock and bull. But apparently one of those words is too rude to be printed in a brochure that celebrates fringe theatre and comedy. The show must be known as Talking C, apostrophe CK, which, if anything, draws attention to the issue and would make an innocent child wonder why a harmless word that they use every day has been ineffectually disguised. After after all, a child can read the sentence... uh, read the sentence the cock crowed cock-a-doodle-doo as the stranger approached cockamouth farm the farmer cocked his rifle and said hello me old cock you're trespassing the stranger said i'm looking for my bad for the badminton courts and cockily hit his shuttle cock but it flew off half cocked oh i cocked that up he sighed as the errant cock flew into his farmer's wife's cock leaky soup without anyone without anything seeming out of cock so there's a lot of uses where the word cock uh, it's fine um, in in everyday speech. So by censoring this word, the monsters putting together the fringe programme are actually tipping kids off to the fact this word has an extra slightly rude definition. They should be arrested for corrupting the young. But funnily enough, the prurience and shame directed towards a perfectly normal, slightly odd-looking body part is one of the things I want to investigate in this show. Shouldn't we be celebrating the schmuck, being up the bald-headed mouse, eulogising the yoghurt-spitting sausage? To quote Leonardo da Vinci, a man who is ashamed to show or name his penis is wrong. Instead, he should display it with honour. And I will be using that as a defence in my forthcoming trial. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, I think that's all That's all pretty valid. It's kind of weird to censor this word that has lots of meanings. And in Edinburgh, um, you know, it did, it did feel like the, 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 the attention was being drawn to it. I'll also read the blog I wrote at the time about this. Um, or part of it. We'll see how it goes. It might, there might be a bit of a crossover uh, on this, uh, apparently the Fringe Guide have started censoring rude words from the brochure. A couple of weeks ago, I've been told the word "dick" and "fuckinghamshire" were going to have to have an asterisk put in them in one of the my brochure entries. I couldn't be bothered to fight it. I mean, "fuckinghamshire" is not a word. If you're going to censor it, then you need to censor Scunthorpe too. But I wasn't going to push it. I thought it was a bit pathetic they were censoring "dick" though, as it's a very mild swear word indeed, one that I think a five-year-old child would use and not cause too much fuss about. And also, it's a name. In a way, I thought it was funny they were censoring that and not the title of the show as cock, although another fairly mild swear word is one notch higher up than dick. But today, I learned, this is the 8th of May, I learned that they're not censoring the words, in, they're not only censoring the words in the entry, but also the title of the show and the advert that I'm paying them hundreds of pounds to put in their brochure. Now, this is more serious, uh, serious repercussions for me personally, but also for artistic freedom at the greatest arts festival in the world, because this has never been an issue before. In 2002, the entry and poster remained untouched, and I can't recall ever having come across such petty censorship before. I believe in 2007, I elected to self-censor the title of Oh Fuck, I'm 40, but then fuck is a pretty strong swear word, and one without a double meaning. According to my dictionary, that's with an apostrophe and an asterisk in instead of the T, just to... So then, cock has ten definitions as a noun, and only one and a half of them are rude. It means penis, but it also means set anything set erect. It has a five further meanings as a transitive verb and another two as an intransitive verb. Like prick, it is a word that every child will be familiar with and won't be upsetting to them unless someone decides to inform them of the rude meaning. Putting an asterisk in it solves nothing anyway. If you know what the word is, then it springs into your mind in any case with a slight danger you might think the word is cack and I might be going in, getting entirely the wrong kind of audience to my show. If you don't, then you'll start to ask why is the word has an asterisk in it and the word is and sudden, and what the word is and suddenly you'll find that cock is rude as well. So if you're a child of what I'm saying there, if you suddenly realise it's a rude word because it's been censored, you might not have known before. So in a way, the censors are corrupting innocent young minds. The phrase talking cock itself is obviously a double entendre, but its basic reading means talking nonsense, as there's no such thing as a talking cock in the rude sense, except in an obviously untrue story I heard about Keith Harris giving a lift to a production assistant. 
I definitely didn't have them. The problem is that someone sitting in an office is making an arbitrary decision on their own interpretation of a word as to what should be censored. So a show called Prick is censored, which, which was uh, Stuart Goldsmith's uh, show the last year. Whereas Prick Up Your Ears would not be, even though you could argue that Awesome was being willfully more rude than Stuart Goldsmith there. Isn't there a personal judgment being made that theatre is somehow more worthy and worthy of reverence than comedy? Is it right that people putting together the programme are allowed to make that distinction? Cunt and the gang, spelt with a K, can go through because of that spelling. Similarly, the word nigger in uh, uh, um, Reginald D. Hunter's show, spelt N-I-G-G-A, is allowed. That's just insane. The people putting together the brochure are wrapping themselves in knots and in danger of looking like cunts with a K. It's okay, that's not... That's all right, apparently. I wouldn't say they're being dicks about this. I wouldn't want to offend them. What if there was a kid's show called Cock-a-Doodle-Doo? Would that get censored? What if Dick Van Dyke played The Fringe? Or Joe Cocker? Or Benedict Cumberbatch? Our children must be protected from this filth. But the worrying thing is that the censorship is not about words, it's about ideas. Neither my show or Stuart Goldsmith's is offensive in itself. Somebody who's never seen the show, based on a 40-word 40 40 entry, has made a decision that the public need to be protected from an idea whilst actually not protecting them at all in any case, drawing attention to it. I don't think this should be happening at an arts festival. This is where people come to have ideas, and sometimes worse than that, thrown at them to be challenged. It's actually embarrassing that the fringe seems to think the words prick and cock are challenging, because next they will be saying that they don't like the sound of a subject of the show, or the political views of the person performing it. They came out... Uh, they came for the people using the childish euphemisms for genitalia. I did not speak out. And censorships of words from a selected list is the most dumb kind of censorship anyway. The kind of censorship that allows you to say cunt and not dick. To say meatus and not cockhole when they mean the same thing. To leave the yoghurt spitting sausage untouched in my fringe entry but to censor dick. The kind of censorship that will allow a poster to show a drawing of a cock. There are hundreds of them on my poster. And cunt to the gang's poster last year was a childish hand-drawn spunking one but not the word cock. A picture allows the offence to be visited upon children who are too young even to read. The fringe brochure doesn't mind babies' minds being corrupted. These people are sick. I'm going to get to my designer, who's worked hard producing something that he's artistically pleased with, to come up with some alternatives. I wonder if the fringe uh, brochure people objective the O of cock is turned into a picture of a phallus, or if it's hidden behind a big splurge of dripping white liquid. Both things would be more offensive and graphic than I would have wanted, but they might be allowed because a splurge of white liquid is not on a list of rude words. And ultimately, Talking Cock is not a title or a show that's intended to be offensive. It's a show that's asking people to think about the penis and why we view it in the way we do and to question if a body part can be offensive in itself anyway. What is offensive about the penis? It's a part of the body. It's a part of the body that we can be used in odd and offensive ways at times. But you can't use you can use a hand to strangle someone, or a foot to kick someone, or teeth to bite someone, or your mouth to say the people who put together the fringe program are wank stains. But the words don't become offensive as a result. There are enough cunts out there to misinterpret and get affronted by something they haven't even seen without the people in charge of the fucking furking fringe program getting in there first. From a personal point of view, it's a bit inconvenient. I would like some kind of warning or even someone telling me the show was going to be censored because it wasn't any version of the Fringe entry I saw. It means that if someone puts Talking Cock into the Ed Fringe search engine, they might not get up with my name. But uh, whilst I acknowledge there's a point where some choice has to be made over what's suitable to go into a general publication, I'm concerned about the draconian level of censorship that's occurring here and what it says about the Fringe, the way the Fringe is going. This should be the last place where the freedom of expression is clamped down on. I hope the people who've made these decisions will change them because otherwise I fully intend to call them cunts on my amended advert, and I didn't do that. The real dumbass thing is that the uncensored poster will be plastered all over the walls of the city anyway. Uh, although, again, it was censored. Uh, it did get that did get slightly censored. But what was interesting about that image, again, which I don't know, we might have a discussion with iTunes, and it turns out that everything is fine as it is. Uh, you'll know probably by now. Um, but um, 
that image, uh, you know, was was up. I had one complaint from someone who uh, was upset that there was a picture of a man with his trousers down. She thought that that might upset victims of sexual assault. Though most people saw as what it is is a man, an action man with no genitalia. In fact, lots of kids saw that uh, that particular advert, and they would always giggle and look and come back and look at it. I don't think they were upset about it. I did see one ten-year-old kid sort of forcing a little sister not to look at it whilst laughing at it herself. So you know, there was an awareness that it was a rude subject, but because there was nothing rude on there, it was sort of fine. So you know, it's it's just um, it's an odd thing to get into with. And it's you know my own fault. I can't I can't mention this thing. Part of the reason I wanted to do a podcast was that it was an easier way to promote this show than than uh, by going on the radio. But uh, I don't know what will happen. You may you may know by now as you're listening to this whether this is still called Talking Cock um, in the uh, in the iTunes thing. If it's even on iTunes or just if it's on British Comedy Guide. But you know, I've had a little look uh, through iTunes uh, and there's I mean there's a lot of things with the word cock in there. Um, there's a audio book where there's a book called Breeding Lisa with Big Black Cock, uh, a cuckold story, which is I think is uh, ruder than what I'm saying. There's a Big Cock Gangbang Squad. The gangbang has been censored, but not the Big Cock. So there's uh, there's some kind of uh, slight double standard going on there. There's some songs, Cock by Mary and the Boy, Cock Push-Ups by Tenacious D. Uh, My Grandfather's Cock, Evan Bloody Wilson. There's plenty of those. Uh, there's Big Cock by King Kurt as an album. Uh, the best of Cock Robin, Cock Robin, who are banned. See again, you know, it gets into these different areas. There's an alarm cock uh, app, which is a you know a cockerel, but that's still the same word. Uh, obviously, some children stuff cockerel do. But there are some podcasts. There's a co- podcast called Cock and Ass Football Podcast, which I would say was rude really than talking cock. The Fighting Cock Podcast uh, and Cock Puppets. So, you know, I'm presuming we might get this through. Uh, we'll find out. Um, but uh, it's kind of interesting, I think, in in that, um, which I did uh, briefly mention in that blog, is that that the show is all about uh, talking openly about this subject because people don't, you know, for some reason we're not allowed to talk about a penis. We have to sort of understand why talk, why a penis is rude. Why even saying the word cock is, even you mean it as a penis, why is that rude? And it seems to me that's a lot of the problem as to why people have, issues in this area that and some of these issues can lead into very unpleasant uh, have very unpleasant consequences for the person involved and other people uh, because if you get self-conscious and upset and angry about this it can take you into some dark places uh, and i think if we talked a bit more openly about this what is just a body part and quite a silly body part it's not something we have to be uh, we should be hiding away in shame leonardo da vinci is correct um and that's what the show's about is about being talking about this and, and men discovering and women discovering that a lot of men are very insecure about this subject they're not alone quite often things have happened like i've you know someone's come back into the auditorium some big burly guy looking for his cigarettes and said oh i'm i'm glad uh, i'm not the only one who snapped his bandage string i thought that would just happen to me you can see that someone's reassured but because no one talks about this subject um there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of problems going on if you come to the show there's a guy uh, I talk about a guy who's been in America where everyone's circumcised and he's been circumcised but it doesn't look like he's been circumcised and he had 30 years of worrying about this because no one would openly discuss this issue so it's um 
yeah, so it, it's just it's it's an interesting area to get into. I don't know why our genitals are considered rude at all and shouldn't be, you know, why children aren't allowed to discuss them and children are obsessed with this kind of thing. And again, by kind of hiding it, it just kind of draws attention to it. I, think, I, I mean, you know, we could, we could go into the whole subject of why rude words are rude in any case and the fact if people didn't get offended by them, they wouldn't be used anymore. It's the offence at rude word that makes it rude. Uh, if you just rise above it, in any case, it doesn't really matter. So I don't know what I don't know how we're going to uh, resolve this uh, on on iTunes. I'm hoping it will be resolved quickly, but probably I'm you know, going to put these podcasts out elsewhere until that's uh, until that's the case. And uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I might um, uh, I might have to rename the podcast. But I was thinking, you know, I'd call it something like uh, Kojak's Money Box. I'd use, just use a euphemism. That's that's much more <laughs> disgusting uh, than the ones uh, that we we'd have. So uh, anyway, there's there's a couple of bits from the um, from the questionnaire that uh, if I'm thinking of different names and uh, different things to call to call the penis that are quite uh, relevant. So in the original questionnaire, I asked what men, what is your favourite euphemism for the penis. Uh, I'll share some of the more imaginative answers. Again, nearly all the stuff from this podcast is, isn't in the show, so listening to this podcast won't really affect your enjoyment uh, of the show. There's, I'm, what I'm trying to do here is use up ideas and stuff that I couldn't really cram into the cram into the actual 90 minutes on stage. Um, some of it's in the book, which you can get from www.gofasterstripe.com. Uh, this is in the book. What is your favourite euphemism for the penis? Here are a few of them. Purple-headed bedroom python bad the viney love the veiny and the viney love tree would be good but the veiny love tree the bald-headed one-eyed monk the policeman the morning flagpot the happy lantern billy joel uh wazzler the pink bendy belly banana moisture seeking love dart unknown soldier badger it's a ferret carrying two shopping bags you might have to go to a doctor if, if yours looks like that uh purple bristled womb broom the blue-veined Havana, like a cigar. Chopper, it's so 70s, they comment. Spurt Reynolds, like that. My grandmother used to refer to it as your little licorice or sort. Um, the herring, now that's just rude. That's That person says, not kidding. It seems that Richard and Dick are both, uh, D uh, Richard is, as Richard and Dick are both popular euphemisms, my name turns out to be Penis Penis. Uh, Love Tusk, Jack the Dripper, the Raw Prawn, Abdullah the Tent Maker, the Limbless Chihuahua, Cunt Spear, that's just unpleasant. Captain Picard. That kind of works if you're a fan of the Next Generation Star Trek. Uh, euphemisms are childish and idiotic. Idiotic, says one dissenting voice. Um, and I have to say that after having months of study on this subject, I tend to agree with that That last fellow. It's, it soon stops being amusing. For me, the funniest thing about the answer to the question was how many people didn't know what euphemism meant. I got some interesting comments and misspellings along the lines of what's an affairism. But best of all, with the bloke who clearly had some alternative definition of the word. So my favourite answer to the question is, what's your favourite question? What's your favourite euphemism for the penis? Is having a chick swallow it all the way down? You realise in that case, euphemism has actually become a euphemism. That is pretty cool. So um, there are lots of you know, as I mentioned, uh, the Fuckinghamshire thing. One of the one I've made up that I'm most proud of uh, is the honourable member for Fuckinghamshire. Um, so it works in a double way. Russell the Fur-Faced Chicken. I mentioned that in the first podcast. Um, and I'll give you another bit uh, from the 
questionnaire that does not make it into the show. I asked men, what did you call your penis as a child? And as a man, I'll do as a child first. Uh, here are a few of the ones. A Willie, Baby Bear, King Henry, mm. Jeremy. I quite like that. I don't know if he was called Jeremy or just whether he thought he looked like a Jeremy. I, I, I think most of the penises probably do look like a Jeremy. Bippy, Dinky, Ping, Wee Wee, Egbert, My Secret. Don't know if I like that one. Uh, Dinger, not the little kid saying my secret. Dinger, Luli, my tiddle, budgie, my penny, penis. Very uh, Latin-minded, literal, scientific child there. Ding dong, smiley. Sometimes it might smile, won't it? My pee pee. Uh, toggle, plumbing, tail, bug, winky, pippelin, and Elvis. Which is a lovely name as for a child to come up with. Uh, what did you call your penis as a man? Here are a few of those. Columbus, Big Bear. He called it his called, called his baby bear as a kid. The same guy. Uh, Peter Piper. I mean, that's more childish than most of the kids' ones. Uh, Stevie, Little Simon, and then in brackets, my name is Simon, just in case I didn't want. To, I needed to know that. Ozymandias, and I love that. I mean, if you don't know the the poem Ozymandias, do go and read it now. Uh, but it's a, it's about hubris and. A giant statue of a king that has fallen and no one knows who he is anymore so to name your penis that I think is rather apt and beautiful um, and one day your penis will be collapsed in the sand and dead so it's, uh, it seems powerful now but uh, will it be in the future Thumper no. uh, Mr Stiffy Sinbad, the old fella these are, as a man, these are grown up names remember, Sylvester the captain, Russell the muscle Benson McCarthy, and I'd say I love that. I love naming any uh, object that isn't a human being with a grown-up human being's name, with a surname. The Beast, yeah, your dreams. Little Muley, Doctor Wang, uh, Polyphemus, the giant Cyclops. It's good. Spence, I named it after him, after one of my friends, in honour of him. <laughs> I don't know how honoured Spence would be. I think Spence might be a bit creeped out to know that you'd named your own penis after him. He might be honoured. But then what if he wants to write his name on it? What if he wants to have a look at it? It's terrible. Uh, the boss, Vlad, as in Vlad the Impaler. Thank you for explaining that joke. Nothing, banging me over the head with your Vlad the Impaler penis joke. Uh, mine uber penis, El Drulo. Nothing. There seems to be something, this seems to be something only straight men do, says a gay, a clearly gay man. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's, you've got more important things to do with penis than give it a stupid name Kipling after Rudyard not Mr because no, if you're fucking a cake you wouldn't want your penis to be named after Mr Kipling and Dave which again I quite I quite like so those are some of the euphemisms for penis um, and uh, I think uh, I'll, I'll share with you I don't know how long I've been doing because the thing's the other way around um, sometime hope you're enjoying it so far it's all thrown together. Uh, last week, last week I read a poem from the uh, opera director Stuart Lee. Um, this week, uh, I did when I when I put, first put this show together. I did ask people to send in poems, and I only got about five or six good ones. If you have written a good penis poem that you would like to be read out on this blog, uh, then do email it in herring1967 at gmail .com. If you've got a good euphemism for a penis, I'd love to hear those. That might stick one of those in the show if uh, you give me a good one. Um, you won't get any money or anything for that, just the honour of being in the in the show. But certainly, there's a good chance I'll I'll read out in the podcast. If you want to answer that question about what you call what you called your penis as a child, what you call your penis now, you're welcome to do that. Um, 
of course, male and female can send in these these answers. Though obviously that's a bit more of a male orientated one, but the euphemism one certainly, hopefully, some girls will come up with some euphemisms for that. Uh, but I got a great poem from I think an American or a Canadian guy called Bill Noble. I did uh, thank him for this, and I never heard from him again. This was about ten years ago. He's a slightly uh, older guy, I think, um, just from this poem. I think you'll work that out. But this is quite a, this is quite a nice poem, unlike Stuart Lee's, which was just silly. Uh, to the Women About Our Penises by Bill Noble. We talked last night, six quite ordinary men who've been talking for years and have not talked about this, about our penises. The one of us at ten who caught it in his zipper, alone, standing at the Catholic urinal, hiding in a stall, wrapped around the pain and terror. Heavy footsteps echoed down the hall, across the gleaming tile. The stall door opened, the nun looked, looked him up and down, pushed him against the wall, tore the small brown cock loose, turned and left. He stuffed his pants with towels to hold the blood, endured infection, shame, a quarter century of silence until last night. About the alcoholic mother who scrubbed the cockhead with pumice until he grew too old, he watched his foreskin adhere to scarred flesh, grow tight, grow closed, telling no one until in high school his urine barely flowed and a doctor tore it loose and cut it off. Last week, for the first time, he told his lady in the bath about his ugly penis and then told us and panicked at the love we offered back. Henry has a wart, Roberto's is too small, he thinks. Pat missed his subway stops, trapped by the unruly bulging in his pants. Oh, you soft-eyed women, pray thee hear us. We do not think our cocks endear us. We do not cock our hips and threaten war. We ask you, learn with us what love is for. Which is quite a sweet poem, and I think, you know, quite relevant to the theme of this particular week's podcast. Um, that we don't talk about this thing, and maybe we should talk about it. I do hope uh, that iTunes have relented and that they managed to get these podcasts up obviously part of the point of having this uh, podcast is to publicize my tour which uh, is uh, may have started by the time you hear this i'm not sure when i'm going to put this out we might put both these out quite quickly but we'll see um but i'll run through uh, a few of the upcoming dates if you want to see for yourself where i'm coming to richardherring.com slash talkingcock2 that's the number two slash tour.php or just go to richardherring.com click on the poster on the left hand side um the pl I've been to a few places already. If you're in Liverpool or Brighton or Sheffield, you've missed me. Uh, uh, but I will be uh, at uh, Fairham on the 22nd, 2nd of February. That is sold out, but do ring the venue if, to see if there are any tickets. Canterbury on the 23rd. Cheddar on the 26th, uh, where someone told me, someone tweeted me to say the person selling tickets did all they could to stop him or her buying a ticket for the show they were trying to, I don't know because of the subject matter or just because they hate me in Cheddar and would like me to perform to know people but I'm not doing a gig in Taunton this year so if you're in Somerset that 26th February Cheddar gig might be your best bet it's always a fun one uh, I'm looking forward to going home uh, 27th Bath Comedia 28th of February Bridge End in Hobo's live music venue which I did last year uh, it's quite a long way to go that one and it's a tiny little room and um, there's quite still quite a lot of tickets to sell So I'd and I've turned down uh, high-paying gig that I got offered on the same day to do that. So if you're in Bridgend, you know, come along to that. I don't need many of you to come, but it'd be nice if it sold out. So it felt like I hadn't wasted my time. First uh, of March, I'm in Shrewsbury. Third of March, Birmingham Glee Club. I think the Shrewsbury one's pretty close to selling out, by the way. Birmingham usually sells out. Newcastle on the sixth of March. This is all March. If I said May earlier, I don't think I did. Uh, Chorley on the seventh of March, selling well. Pocklington, my birthplace on the 8th of March. 9th of March is the York Grand Opera House which is a thousand seater venue which I have no chance of filling. 
Um, so do come to that if you can. If you know any New York, that's football team I support. Again, a kind of hometown gig for my birth. Um, would love to see you there. 10th of March is Leeds City Varieties, which is pretty much sold out. So be quick if you want to go there. Uh, 11th, March, 11th of March is Harrogate. So if you're in the Yorkshire area, there is quite a lot of choice. Um, but as I say, if you want to get to the the Leeds gig, I would book right now. Or you may be too late. And there are other ones there going right through to uh, the June. Uh, Reading's already sold out. I think Norwich and... Um, Cambridge is selling well, Bristol selling well, Tottenham, um, Tottenham, Nottingham is selling well. Uh, there's a few, the Warwick Arts Centre usually sells out, and the Sutton Coldfield gig on the 16th of April has completely sold out. So do book ahead, I would love to see you there. Um, do come and say hello if you come to the show, tell me you like the podcast if you've been listening. Um, if you like it, if you've listened to it and like it, if you didn't like it, you can also tell me you didn't like the podcast and say it was just you complaining about people censoring stuff, they didn't even censor it. We'll find out. They didn't censor cock and arse, did they? So, the football podcast. Now, they, you know, I might complain about that, and now cock and arse might get censored, and I would be annoyed about that, because I wouldn't want to. And it's kind of got, like, an, the halfway line, as if it's a cock on, uh, as an arsehole on the, on, the, on the picture. That's rude, isn't it? Fighting cocks. That's rude. Um, so, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Uh, I, if you want to get involved, please do email me or tweet me with your stories. Let me know if you want your name used in in the podcast you can obviously send me slightly more sensitive stories if you like and I won't name you um, you can go and fill in the questionnaire which is also up at richtowning.com if you're a male or a female there's a different questionnaire for you uh, both and um, yeah you could appear uh, it'd be nice to get some feedback and it'd be nice to read out some of your emails if there's anything you'd, you'd like to ask me any questions about any aspect of the penis I am an expert on this subject and will do my best to find out uh, about it and um, I do I'm hoping I will kind of be able to do these on tour and keep you up to date with what's going on in tour as well as hopefully provide you some extra content that is not in the show um, so yes so do book ahead uh, I'm in uh, London uh, the DVD record is the Saturday the 13th of uh, April at the Bloomsbury I'm also on the 12th of April at the Bloomsbury those again are obviously I'm only doing a couple more London gigs so very likely to sell out, but it would be lovely if you are in London and want to be in the audience of the DVD to give it a good atmosphere, uh, 13th of April. Um, and then that DVD will be on sale from gofastestripe.com. So even if you can't get to any of my gigs, if you live somewhere else in the world, hello to you in Australia and, and the Antarctic and all the places where I know some listeners come and listen to me, um, then you'll still be able to, hopefully, as long as you've got a DVD player, be able to watch that but thank you for listening and uh, i hope our cock issues get sorted out and i will try not to in future name a show with a word that i'm unable to say even on a podcast description what a terrible world we live in a lot of fucking cocks <laughs>